0: Welcome back to another episode of Simon Says after a short break. And today we have Lyra. Hello. And Lyra, we're just looking at the issues that we can be talking about. But one of the things that really get our interest now, of course, right now there's a whole rage about the debt ceiling debate Mm. and the passing. But we want to just go back one week before something very important took place in the American political landscape. Yep. And what is that? (laughs)
1: Ron DeSantis announcing his presidency can, um, presidency announcement.
0: Yeah, I think he was kind of putting his name into the hat. Now, of course, in American systems, you need to win nominations from your party in what they call the primary. So it is like he's throwing his name into the Republican primary race, and it was twenty fifth of May, twenty twenty three, right? Yep. And, you know, Ron DeSantis, we talk about him in our show and, you know, the things. Now, he, for those who might not be aware, Ron is governor of Florida. Yep. And we we'll have talk about his COVID management, you know, some positive things, his uh, cultural war against work. So generally, we are kind of impressed with him, right? Would you say that?
1: Yeah, indeed. I mean, he does do a very good governing job.
0: Mm. But to be a governor and to be a president is totally different ball game.
1: It's almost like um, if you are the regional manager, compare it with the founder, maybe compare it with the chairman of the group. It's completely different mm. kind of job description altogether.
0: Now, it's very interesting in the American system, typically only governors from very large states like California, like Texas, maybe New York in the past, they have an opportunity to kind of contest as presidential candidate. And basically because a lot of states are very small and the issues are very regional. And even though Florida you know, is considered a big state, but generally people kind of look at Florida and it's like it's kind of ulu. It is like uh, you're from Pahan or Chunganu, nothing against those states. But that's the kind of impression. Yep. If you want to fight for national issue, you should be from Silango, you should be from Wilaya, you should be from Joho, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's the kind of uh feeling. But nevertheless, Ron DeSantis now, why is his foray into the whole competitions significant? Well, why do you think so?
1: <laughs> well, because generally The perception is that he is more establishment Mm -hmm. than populist move. Although he does perceive, he does present himself as a more um, for the people, a populist move sort of um, driver. But we do know that who is the main person that is really driving the whole MAGA group of
0: people. Let me just stop you for a while. This impression, do you feel is after his announcement to be a candidate or or even during his time as a governor, do you feel like maybe he was more establishment than populist?
1: I do think so. I mean, I do think he was more of an establishment because mm-hmm. there's just something about him that you feel like he is more... Because the fact that the Republicans and even Democrats prefer him to Trump, mm. that yep, yep. say something.
0: Yeah, but that was after his announcement, right? Yep. And. But one of the very interesting things I observe from the mainstream media is really the kind of double-mindedness. You mm. know, on one hand, they knew Ron DeSantis probably represent the best uh, chance from the Republican to knock out Donald Trump. But on the other hand, they are not very pleased with him also because of his woke war. You know, he was fighting Disney, etc., and he was criticizing the COVID management. So there is that part of him, but. I think anytime, any day, they will prefer Ron DeSantis over Donald Trump. Yep. Anytime. So, another reason, and before we move on, why this is significant is just uh, his position. You know, many view him as having at least a legitimate shot at defeating Donald Trump. I mean, you have other candidates, uh, Nikki Haley, uh, Mike Pence is going to. Announce himself and, and Vivek. I, I don't think those have any chance at all. No. So it, it looks like it's going to be Trump versus DeSantis. So so that's why it is uh, significant. Now, let's talk about why he is in this race. And now, of course, I mean the, the usual political ambition and things like that. But one of the things Lyra was just discussing uh before the recording donor class. Yep. And maybe you want to explain a little bit about donor class to our viewers and listeners because now we know money is important everywhere. It's like you know those with money will come and kind of kind of surround the officials, surround the kings, uh the royalty and, and say, look, you know I want some favor from you. This is as old as history itself. But in America, to run a presidential election, you need upward of $150 million.
1: Yeah, ka-ching, ka-ching.
0: Yeah, and Trump was probably one of the first candidate ever to not having to rely on big donors because he himself was a billionaire. But, But anyway, let's talk about donor class and their relationship with Ron DeSantis. Maybe you'd like to explain what the donor class is.
1: Yeah, so donor class, like what you mentioned, it's not the general population. It's really those top 1% of the American society who are really, really um, filthy rich. Mm -hmm. They are basically the last billionaires that basically they are able to donate luxuriously to the the whole campaign. Mm -hmm. But these are also the group of people that really represent the core value of globalism. Because these are the group of people whose most vested interest is really in the multinational corporation. Yep. So yep. these are the group. So that's why we mentioned about the establishment. Why does Ron DeSantis perceive to be a bit more establishment? Because of his relationship with all these donor class. So basically, the values are more aligned to globalism mm-hmm. rather than nationalism.
0: Yeah, I think you hit the main point here, which is globalism and you know we use the word donor you donate and it's like you know donation is a very sensitive word in malaysia right because after a while by by the way do you know that these days if you have a source of income in your bank and the income tax come after you and you say it's donations you're going to get investigated immediately yep so it's such a stigma and such a negative connotation but donations it's not like i give you for nothing there is an exchange. There is a transaction. So if the donor class gives you some money, some resources, they are expecting a favor. And I think you hit right on the nail when you say uh, globalists, because these are owners of multinationals and they don't really care about the country because they can move to London, they can move to Japan, they can move anywhere, anytime they want. They are not stuck uh, on the locality, right? and they have all the money, so so that's why one of the things, and and, and since we talk about debt ceiling discussion, we, we may do that in another episode because I think it's too much to cram together, and this is one of my theory, but I think people will be like, hey, you guys are crazy, you are like conspiracy theory. It, it's really I've been feeling for a while already, and when you look at the collapse of the bank and, and the economy after COVID. It's really, there seems to be an intentional design to destroy the economy mm. so that you remove the middle class, then you only get the elite and the don't have. Yep. And this is like the oldest playbook in a societal war. You know, when you create that, then then it's really like another version of globalists. You see, globalists cannot really operate when you have, cannot operate very effectively, I should say, when you have a very, prospering middle class. Indeed. And so, so, so America amongst all the many nations probably represented, especially after World War II, they were the most prosperous nation and they created the most uh, impressive middle class in the history of mankind. So, yeah, so, 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 I, so I, I think when you look at donor class, it, it's not that we want to be in a conspiracy theory kind of mode, but Ron DeSantis is fueled by donor class.
1: Indeed, indeed.
0: And, and so, so that, that's why, remember the time when Donald Trump came out and called him name? Ron, the...
1: Sentimus. Sentimonious.
0: Sentimonious. And it's like, oh, it's so hard to pronounce.
1: No, but really, I mean, it was so interesting <laughs> because, I mean, if you really understand the definition of Sentimonious, mm-hmm. it's really be morally more superior than other people. Yeah, yeah. And mm. that is the kind of sense that I do get from Ron DeSantis, unfortunately. So initially, I did think... The
0: self-righteousness.
1: Yeah, I did think, why... why? I mean, <laughs> generally, people will be thinking, why are you being so childish, calling people names and things like that? But if you really think about the definition, why he's calling people that mm. and what actually happened before he actually called people out? I, I think
0: really, that, that intuitions... From Trump is just so amazing. I mean, when he called crooked Hillary for all her corruptions and what else? uh, Low energy Jeb for Jeb Bush, because when Jeb was debating, he was like, ah, so he was like spot on. All the all the nickname, right?
1: Being (laughs) not politically correct,
0: and and that's why that's why we we come back to to a side topic. There are many people who support him, especially the Christians, the conservative. Somehow they get triggered with his name calling and they were like, oh, Trump, you are like very disrespectful. But it's like, I mean, that's the, the his personality. He needs to fight. He's a fighter, you know. He's someone that gets triggered and he fights back. He, someone call him the counter puncher. So, so that's why the other day, we just, we just talked about Kaylee McEnany, right? Yeah. Milk um, Toast. And, and he called her Milk Toast. <laughs> and, and Milk Toast, and, and, and you know why he called her Mute Toast? Because later on, he added and said, look, Fox, you should hire real stars. Mute Toast is like something you, you ate every morning. Yep. Ordinary, nothing. It's like you go out and I don't know, oh, Gaya Toast in Malaysia, <laughs> nothing special, right? I mean, you can have good kaya Toast, but Gaia Toast is nothing special. Yep. So I, I just felt like there is that kind of intuition that it is quite probably his gift. And I really don't mind that at all. And, but I know some people are quite triggered by him. <laughs> but anyway, you know, let, let's talk about 25th of May, 2023, the announcement. And before that, one or two days, remember there was the whole, I think it was Elon Musk who kind of Hype gave up. a sneak peek, right? Yep. And, but, but it's so funny, right? Because the, the launch itself, we, we know everyone should know it, it was quite disastrous and they couldn't get started for quite a while. And someone was even saying, look, was Elon a double agent sense to <laughs> sabotage Ron DeSantis? But anyway, well I mean you, you watched a portion of the launch.
1: Yeah, I did. I mean it was I would say utterly disastrous.
0: <laughs> so so what, what's your personal impression from the launch? I mean
1: no, honestly, I think one initially I did think, well, it's quite impressive that he actually got Elon Musk on his side. Mm-hmm. But when you really think about the value that Elon Musk represent as a billionaire Mm -hmm. as the second richest person in the world. That's
0: the ultimate description of donor class.
1: Indeed. I mean, you get this kind of people. I mean, that's that's still fine, you know. But the thing is, Elon Musk, his main value is he's a centrist. Mm. So he's, so I get that maybe to get really, really ultra-rich people supporting mm. you, you might have to kowtow to their values. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and that's why, uh, earlier on we just saying right, um, uh, Rahim Kasam from the National Pulse and of course previously with War Room, and uh, uh, around December he did a podcast, I think around the same time that Trump called Ron, you know, the name. And, and he was trying to explain why. And he said, look, Ron DeSantis, had been assembling a team mm. even one year back, ready to undermine Donald Trump. And unfortunately, many of these are the donors' class, are the never-Trumpers. Now, why is this significant? Is because Ron DeSantis wanted to portray himself as an alternative to MAGA champion. MAGA yep. as him, make America great again. You know that, The whole thing that started the Donald Trump movement. But then the way to do it is not to go back and, and team up with the Never Trumper like Jack Bush, all, all, all those people. And I think that was the, the beginning of the crack. And, and, and now with the launch, you, you see the team that was on his side. You, you know, he had many ad staffer from Ted Cruz, um, Jack Bush. It, it, it's like he is becoming establishment. I mean, he was already quite an establishment now, even more so.
1: No, That kind of just remind me of the scene that I watched from mm. The Crown. Mm. When, when I think when Prince Charles at that time, I mean before mm. his coronation, way before, I mean he was younger, so he had sort of like had a crisis of his identity, mm. and then he's just trying to out his his own mom
0: Mm-hmm-hmm. from yeah.
1: the from the throne. So I thought it was interesting, as in, what what is there to prove? You know, like even with Ron DeSantis in yep, this case. Yep.
0: So so, it's very interesting that uh, once that happens, uh, you, you, of course, people and, and of course, Trump is not going to sit back and you know he will make his phone calls and things like that. And you, you know who are you supporting? And interestingly, a lot of the congressmen from Florida actually stood up and say they are endorsing Donald Trump. Mm. And, um, and we, we also
1: see a lot of actually donor class are saying that they are supporting him mm. rather than DeSantis.
0: Yeah, I mean, donor class, of course, they already kind of drew their lines. You know, they, they wanted someone that is going to serve their their donor class interests. Mm. But for a lot of politicians who have reasoned to places of influence because of MAGA, if you go against Donald Trump, it's suicidal. And that's why the Democrats call it the cult of Donald Trump. Now, in a way, I don't disagree with it because of his personality and things like that. But people are kind of saying, look, we have to move beyond the politics of personality. I, I do agree with that, but we are at war now. You know, We're, we're talking about the whole nation is at war. And you can't, sometimes you, you just cannot have people sitting down around the campfire and say, let's think what's best for our country and come to a consensus. It doesn't happen. And so, I, I mean... It is just kind of exposing, but what else did you did you pick out from the, the the announcement itself?
1: Well, I think. Well, I mean, the appealing of the whole thing, the whole announcement. Mm. I mean, Trump make a very very impressive comeback mm. in the CNN town hall, yep, yep. and even recently on the Fox News town hall as well. Then you you get that Ron DeSantis was just trying to mimic. Mm. but it fell quite miserably. So, I mean, I personally, I would prefer to watch his expression, but the thing is, Twitter space, there's only just, it, it's kind of like listening to a podcast, that's mm. all. Someone
0: was um, just comment commentating on the whole dominion of DeSantis and it's like, hey, did anyone even teach him how to do public speaking. I I know it's strange, right? This is a governor, second term governor. But really, when I watch snippets and listen to it, it's basically the two words that come to my mind, boring and low energy. And it's like, you are reading. How how can you read? I mean, you're competing with Donald Trump, the master of, of ad lib, you know. And you are reading, excuse me. And now, of course, people say it's not the personality, but... It is a personality. It is how you persuade those uh, fans sitters. I, I mean, people like you and me, when it comes to election, we are pretty much decided. But there is that 20, 30, 40% at any given election that needs to be persuaded. That's yep. the art of persuasion. So from that point of view, it's kind of disastrous. But another thing which I find it interesting because I, I don't read it. In mainstream media, I don't read it in conservative news media now, which is very interesting because now you have conservative news. Fox is a prime example, the biggest example, but many are not even wanting to report anything negative about Ron DeSantis. Mm. So this is from National Pulse and they say they reported there was a leak audio. Yep and you know from the donor strategies, strategy sessions. And they were talking about, look, the campaign needs to move to the middle. And, and soon after that, uh, one of uh, DeSantis long time uh, advisor resigned. So so there, there seems to be some kind of disagreement o- over the whole thing. So it's like, and, and then right after that, one of the congressmen, Sandra Panak, she said, look, I'm not endorsing Ron DeSantis because I want the real deal. <laughs> talk about a slap in your face right yeah. the, the real drill being Donald Trump himself so it's like I, I mean it, it seems like eternity but it's only one week plus ago this thing happened and I'm just so so amazed now some of the polling number I, I've been trying to find yeah around the time of announcement CNN have kind of uh, a numbers they show uh, this is talking about Republicans primary only because we are talking about head-to-head primary. We're not even talking about general election. Mm. It's just within Republican Party. Uh, so they, they, CNN, you know, they had no love lost with Trump there, right? F- they say uh, likely Republican voter, 56% for Trump, 26% for DeSantis. That, that's quite big, right? Yep. Then, just a month ago, Emerson College, uh, another poll, put Trump at 62% versus 16% DeSantis. Then, of course, the most recent one, um, economies uh, you got uh, 1st of June, just a couple of days ago, 52% Trump, 27% DeSantis. So, uh, I mean, there's some shift here and there, but you can just see it, it's like, it doesn't seem to have an impact, right? No. It it did not really dent into Trump's popularity.
1: Yeah, I mean, with Trump, what's so impressive is like, even with the indictment, mm. then with the town hall, his poll, his numbers just shoot up.
0: Now, let me ask you a question. Why do you think Trump's numbers continue to be strong despite the pouring in of the donor class money? Because we know Ron DeSantis um, is going to have upward of 200 million US dollar to spend. He's going to have that. He will have that. I mean, but why is it that the pollings are still, I mean, mind you, the pollings are probably weak, weak, to kind of put Trump down, but they have learned the lesson that you, you can't you can't make it too ridiculous, you know. So so they probably still so I would say whatever poll you see, is probably still more in favor of Trump. Yeah. Because Trump voters usually don't want to review their position. But anyway, why do you think the poll continue to be strong for Trump?
1: Well, I mean personally, I think he is really still the wrecking ball. Mm-hmm. And I felt especially it was towards the cultural war and really the day to day bread and butter issue of yep. the American working class because mm. bear in mind that his biggest supporters are really those in the middle class yep. the working class so it obviously he is hitting the right mark in terms of not being overly extreme mm-hmm. because if you look at him he's i mean he is really for free economy he's really for the betterment of American society as a whole. So I think because of that, his polls just continue to go up. And also the fact that his achievement in the last presidential cycle was just really, really still impressive.
0: Now you mentioned about him not being too extreme. And that's uh, very interesting because Ron DeSantis tried to present himself as a champion of cultural war. And some of his supporters would say Trump is not conservative enough. And so one of the issue we mentioned earlier on was the six suites uh, abortion. abortion ban, um, and and we we had a discussion earlier on because it's like, look, uh, you, you know, we have personal moral position, we have personal religious position, but we are talking about when people of different faith and preferences, uh stay together, what what's the position? You, you know, it's like how do we compromise, and. And that's why it kind of reminds me of the political compass episode. One question is, you know, do we, do we agree to legislation of morality? Yeah. I mean, do
1: we, do we um, legislate what happens within mm. the bedroom and stuff like that?
0: And and some people kind of disagree, you know, remember even among our group of friends uh, who are similar value, we all have a degree and degree of agreement and disagreement, but it's interesting that, uh, because DeSantis is perceived to be kind of very champion of cultural war. But he recently came out and said, look, abortion, I think, should be a state issue. So so I think he doesn't want to be perceived as being too extreme, maybe.
1: Yeah, I mean, even Nikki Haley, she, she also thinks it should be the federal mm. state sort of issue. But if you look at the whole design of the whole federation, mm. I think that's really the beauty of what the founding fathers had foresight on. I mean, these sort of issues just go back to the state. If you're unhappy in New York City, yeah. for instance, you can move to other states.
0: Now, we talk about some of uh, the issue already. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh famous for his fight against the woke and, and he had reasonably good result in Florida uh, You know, in terms of COVID management, open, opening up the economy. But how much of that is riding on Trump's train? Um, but anyway, uh, we we want to finish off by maybe just Kind of outlining some of his his strengths and weakness, and how that compares with Trump. And I mean, we kind of put a few. I mean, it's like you can just come up with your 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 subjective assessment. We talk about COVID, we talk about economy, we talk about China, we talk about deep state. But but what's your general feel about DeSantis' strength and weakness, vs. Trump, for example?
1: Well, I think he is still very appealing mm. as the governor of florida i think one of his most impressive resume would probably be the fight against disney mm-hmm. i think but i felt like it was more like one state issue rather than the whole nation sort yep. of issue because mm-hmm. i mean obviously florida is famous for disneyland and things like that but but is it really effective you know if you at this time of at this point of time, used to talk about COVID management Mm. and bearing in mind that he was also very quick to really uh, impose emergency Mm. in his own state. Yeah, yeah, people tend to forget that. Yeah, (laughs) and then subsequently, he opened up, he reluctantly opened up because of the recommendation by Trump administration. So, I mean, these sort of things people sort of forgot.
0: Yeah, I was just reading earlier on because somehow, you know, because in comparison with other states, Florida seems to be a bit more open and more friendly to economy, but I was just reading the whole time frame and was reminded that DeSantis basically followed Trump's recommendation to open up, mm. and it wasn't his own initiative. Even though he he like what, what he wants to do now is to portray portray himself as more business friendly during COVID as compared to Trump, but that was not the case if we study the timeline properly. Mm. Then, of course, um, you know, I I think you make a a good point that still appealing, but is it good enough for general elections? And for for me, it's a resounding no, because one of the biggest challenge, now, of course, we are not citizens or US and things like that, but we have a vested interest because what happens there affects the whole world. And, you know, look at Malaysian ringgit versus US dollar and things like that. Uh, A stable US economy will help us, you know, and... So so the main issue, I think one of the things is you look at economy, you have to talk about China, you have to talk about petroleum, you have to talk about Iran's and Saudi, and there's no way the scientists can deal with this issue. Now, for one simple reason, if you are a donor class candidate, you will always have to out to globalist agenda. And Yeah, I think Trump has proven over the years that yes, at times he he will be really willing to compromise and say, let's make a deal, you know, it will be him. Uh, But on the other hand, I mean, look at the tariff war, look at his appointment of Peter Navarro uh, as a trade representative, you know, to to deal with China. Very clearly, he has his own minds. And yes at times his idea may align with the donor class but he is not subservient to the donor class i think trump has demonstrated that and that is something we, that i just cannot trust ron DeSantis to do at this stage of his career maybe he will become one one day now of course we talk about how difficult it is you have to be your own billionaire you know you, you are not uh you are not kind of dependent on, on, on this donor class the media to kind of boost you and, and and kind of when you look at all the social media influencers today they, they are sort of beholden to a great force you know <laughs> yeah. whether it's some financial support or a, a whole tech platform and things like that and they can be cancelled just like that anytime but you can't cancel donald trump and, and that's the uniqueness now is is that realistic? Should we expect all candidates to be like that? Of course not. But for the highest positions, political position in the land of America, I I think we can't. I mean, just my my own opinion. Yeah,
1: and another thing I think it was very interesting that we have not really touched on Mm. is also not just the donor class, but also the fight against the administrative Mm, state. Yes, yes, correct. Because that's really the whole theme of the next election. I, mm. I felt that's really yeah. the, the main gist of it. So, does he have that gut to really drain out the swamp? Like what Donald Trump is saying? Mm. So, I think that that fight against the administrative state really requires someone who is not easy to pander mm. to the needs. And I think with the experience that Trump had in the last presidential cycle, yep. it will really, really greatly enhance him because he will ne- he will now have that additional experience like not to not to elect someone like Anthony Fauci. <laughs> I mean, wrong advisors really is the killer. So I think there yeah. will be that sort of yeah watch to
0: watch. People kind of blame him, blame Donald Trump for putting people like Fauci, putting, putting all the different people that kind of backstab him. But the way I look at it is really that four years is like, a tutorial for him you know he, he needed to learn he was an outsider and I really believe if he was given the opportunity for a second term he won't make the same mistake now see even one of the big mistakes of his first administration was uh, Ivanka and Jared yeah uh, you, you know they, they basically bring in the I, I believe there was one of the reason earlier on there was a bit, uh skiff uh, schism uh, between Trump and, and Steve Bannon, you know, who was a senior advisor, because uh, Bannon was very much against Ivanka and, and Jared, or the, the globalist gang. But after the whole cycle, look, look at this uh, re election campaign, there's no side of Ivanka, there's no side of Jared. And I feel that's an indication that Trump has learned something from the past. But of course, time will tell whether that is enough or not, because at the end of the day, you know, he is not a true conservative, no. uh, but he understood the pulse of the people and he'll he be like, look, this is the best deal for all of us to live together. It's compromise, but it has to be a common sense compromise. You see what, what the other side are trying to propose now. is like, you know, no bad economy, we're going to forgive the student debt, we're going to have unlimited debt ceiling. We're going to have open borders. That is not acceptable common sense. That's lunacy. So, so I think there is that contrast there that really, I mean, at the end of the day, people ask, you know why you have such interest? Why this show has interest? Because I just feel like people are not discussing it here. And, you know, of course, every time we try to but 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 interestingly, right? We 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 saw KJ. They also talk about that ceiling, yeah. right? So <laughs> so so it does impact us more than we feel it is. But I think our time is running out for these episodes. I, I mean, some of the issues we talk about: that ceiling, donor class, yep. and donor class also related to Tucker Carlson's outster, right? And maybe the next episode we can sort of talk about that. Yeah. Or or. Or, or something locally, you know, yeah, maybe it'll be interesting maybe to talk. We
1: do a comparison
0: yeah yeah I, I think there is I mean, you were just saying, you know is there an equivalent of budget approval, that ceiling, not not quite that ceiling, but in Malaysia, if you can 't get the budget approved as a prime minister, you should step down, you know that 's a convention, so I mean, we almost had that yeah. uh, not this government i can 't remember we, we had too many backdoor government, <laughs> which <laughs> one had kind of I can't remember Sabri or Mohidin. They, they almost couldn't pass it for a while remember yeah, two years back yeah they, they, then eventually they have a eventually there was a deal and Mohidin was out yeah. <laughs> but anyway so I think that's all the time we have for today and if you have any questions you know we have email and uh, do write to us and maybe you know can suggest some of the things that you, you want to hear maybe more that ceiling I mean I've been hearing people say look, look could you explain a bit and I, I guess we also had to read out a little bit because it's Very kind of technical. technical. <laughs> yeah, but do write write to us, and we'll be happy to to explore. Mm. All okay. right. So until next time, bye bye.
1: Bye bye.